seconds late. We're still a minute early. I can't say the juicy stuff yet. Callista, you have an agent at your left arm. What's going on? It's a, there's a, I can't hear you. Okay, now. Oh, I said, hello, this is Wayne. Wayne, hey, nice. Crashing today. Can you explain him, Callista? Can you like explain Wayne to us? This is my brother, Wayne. And uh, he introduced possibility management to me, opened the window many years ago. Wow. Wayne, how did you do that? Calista <laughs> is not an easy case. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and this is uh, Wayne's wife. Hello, Wayne's wife. Hello. Namaste. <laughs> yes. Wayne, come on. How did you do it, Calista? She's a hard-headed woman. <laughs> I stuck it in. <laughs> Asked a lot of questions. Yes. So you use the vacuum. Vacuum? Well, we differentiate between two forms of rapid learning, and we did not used to before. And so at the beginning in possibility management, we only used one form of of rapid learning, which is the hammer. Mm. It's uh, it, there's no questions involved. It's statements and um, feedback and coaching and distinctions and all these things. This is this is the pressure form of rapid learning, and it's extremely valuable. It truly works, and it's only one tool. And so in the last couple of years, we've discovered th the miracles that can be created through presenting a vacuum instead of a pressure. Mm. And the vacuum is a listening space or true curiosity, like, like uh, authentic curiosity or um, asking real questions, the answers that, to which you don't have. You know, you're not asking questions that you already have answers for, or you don't have expectations about what their answers should be. You're, you're well, asking, actually, asking more questions of myself with her as in my audience. This is the third form of rapid learning, which is take your own self into the liquid state, or the, you take the pull the rug out un, underneath yourself, you fall into kind of groundlessness and they they get sucked in with you there you go <laughs> most people most people are afraid to do that because it's a, a sacrifice for ego sacrifice for our self-identity or self-image something like that and so i congratulate you on on using the the third form of rapid learning hope you're helping me remember this we, uh, we have a secret, we have a secret, and the secret is we are no longer in Crete. We, we are in Germany. And not only that, but we are in physical proximity to two-thirds of the genetic, <laughs> genetic, mimetic engineering team, the mimetic, the mimetic, what are we? 
general mimetics team. We are two thirds approximately or three quarters of the general mimetics team right here. And I, I just want to, we, we're, we're going into, a, we're at Cornelius's place. Cornelius is not here, but we're, which is uh, near Frankfurt in Germany. And we're going to begin a five-day trainer path training, trainer path training, and then there's a two-day break, and then we go into a five-day trainer guild Taurus. A trainer, it's a circle made up of the trainers from all around the world, whoever wants to come. So we're beginning a couple of intense weeks here. So that's why I can't speak correctly. So I'd like, uh, I would like it if, um, uh, where are you? So Vera's here and Chloe's here and um, is Eula here? Where are Eula? Where is Eula? Eula's here somewhere. So could, yeah, would one of you guys just say a few words? to kind of collect everybody into what we've been doing. Yes, hi. I'm Vera. Uh, we have been, today, this morning, we've been gathering the necessary abundance for feeding the, the trainers on their trainer path whilst making considerations about what is the present situation with the game world of possibility yeah. management and the trainer path and even like the, the trainer tours or the trainer guild. It's like what's, what's the present and what's the future? Where, it's, where is it going or how is it going? Mm -hmm. so been having a meta conversation about the game world itself. Game world itself. Yeah, yeah thank you. And Chloe, can you say a couple of things? She said no. I mean, women women do that, you know. And what can a guy do? So, hmm. Rachel's, hello. Hi, Rachel S. <laughs> Rachel S. Hello, Rachel S. Hi. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm originally from New York, but I've been based in uh, Israel for the last seven years, and I joined through Door. Uh, my first meeting was this past Friday, where I met Mia and Jennifer, um, and it was really powerful. So I'm happy to continue to explore this game world with you guys and get to know you better and, yeah, connect. So this is the first call, this is the first study group you've been on? Yes, the first, I, I believe so. Um, it, no, you would, I, you would remember. Okay. You, you would well, I, I don't know what Fridays, I don't know what Friday, like the format of Fridays was. We did an exercise in, um, in, in working through like trapped feelings. Uh, so I guess that wasn't a study group, but that was my only prior meeting to this one, so. Okay, well, welcome. Thank you. I'm, I think this is our 15th time, something like that, our 15th week of study group where we're working on, uh, I'm reading out of this book, Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love, which has been republished under a new title called Building Love That Lasts. And it has, so you can't really, yeah, this one that Shannon has up there. Will you hold it up again, Shannon? Just hold it up. 
yeah, it just has a different cover. And, but it has the, thank you, it has exactly the same contents except I upgraded the websites and it has some matrix codes in it for the startover.xyz platform, which we'll mention several times probably tonight while we're talking. So I welcome everybody who's here. I, does anybody else wanna say anything while we're getting started? Phyllis, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking green tea and my brother is here too. Rocky is oh. here. He's been here for three months. <laughs> oh wow, with you. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's been really good to practice staying centered. <laughs> yeah cool thank you but rocky's not here in the screen right and looking for him he's not no here. he's not no he's not in the house right now okay will you will you give him a hug for me i will okay. <laughs> he has to reach up he's about two meters and a half tall and he comes from indonesia and it's in it's something inexplicable so he's a great guy so thank you yeah, well, and but, and he and he's stuck here. So, oh great. Yeah, <laughs> you have rice. <laughs> okay, anybody else would like to say anything about what's been happening, the experiments you've been trying the past week, what you've discovered, any new doorways you've found out? Yeah, Naomi. Hello. Hi. I um, I had I, I I didn't feel clarity about what Gremlin is, and I started watching the Gremlin Q and A that Anne Chloe put uh, that Anne Chloe did, and that is on the Your Gremlin website. <laughs> and I was I was a little bit moody, and uh, before I did that, and then I I after doing that, I was in a very good mood because uh, I, I felt like it gave me some clarity. I just watched the first hour and I was literally writing down many things and like soaking myself with it. And the insight I think I got from that for sure is, um, is that I do a lot of resenting. <laughs> I resent like a shitload out of a lot of things. And I thought, oh my God, that's so heavy. <laughs> and of course I was then also so happy to see that and now I have like this new game, this new tool, this new thing to, um, to discover. And I'm going to be watching the next hour and see what I learn from that. Oh, That's thank cool. you. I hope, really, I hope, I mean, it takes work to put this stuff online. It's just technical, you know, it just takes time and focus and attention. And there were so many years where I, where there wasn't even an online basically in the 90s and during this time I I've found a way to record a lot of the talks that we would do during trainings or after training spaces and but I they were on cassette tapes you know these plastic wheel-to-wheel -wheel cassette tapes they squeak when they go around and I we found a, an apple box an American apple box filled bottom to top with hundreds of the cassette tapes. I had to find a particular cassette recorder that wouldn't, that was stupid enough that it wouldn't fry in the high intensity energy of talk spaces. I think you guys know this. If you, 
if your electronics is too delicate, it'll just fry out when, when uh, the um, energy gets really high. So, so, and while I was moving some stuff around, they, we, they made them over to Europe, these cassette tapes made over to Europe. And then I went through them with Anne Chloe and we pulled out, I don't know, a hundred of them, hundred of them, and then transferred, we digitized them. Anne Chloe spent, I don't know how many hours digitizing the cassettes onto the MP3 format. And then she's been uploading them gradually onto this platform. So it's really incredible to me how precious the information from the spaces is and, and that we can now share it so so widely. So I hope that any of you when you when you're giving your talks and like the introductions to workshops and things when you're out there downloading the clarity and possibility from your bright principles into spaces for people that you find some way to record it for people and just keep spreading it around because there's, there's so much information out there and so little of it has the kind of value that will will do just like what Naomi said will just spark you up make new connections in your brain, give you new practices, empower you to take new actions, create new results, you know, navigate to extraordinary spaces. All of those things can come out of um, the, 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 the quality of the extraordinary quality of the spaces that are from this context. So <laughs> Janet Trevino screaming for more Samantha. There's some great little videos that we have on there from, yeah, yeah. We've got five Harry and Samantha conversations that were made from a a voice to video, voice to animation program that I found long ago and uh, built to tr as a way, a platform to try to express some of the possibilities. Um, and so I love these. I love these Harry and Samantha conversations. It's also on the Next Culture Radio, right? It's on Next Culture Radio. We, could we put them there? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll send. So, so anyway, I, I'm asking you to start trusting yourself to start recording yourself to be able to, to, to um, because these first moments, these first, when you first get to the edge of modern culture and discover that what your parents knew about how to relate to each other and how to call love into spaces and what, what your teachers didn't show you or didn't know about, you know, to be able that that when you first discover those things, it's so precious when you speak about it, when you speak about, because you can say it in ways that I can't say it anymore. I cannot, the way I say it is so twisted uh, with it's in, it's contempt, whatever contaminated it's infested with, next culture vocabulary and distinctions. I cannot say it in ways that many people understand. That's why I have to read this book to you guys, because as soon as I start talking, I just go off the deep end. So Harry and Samantha are very clear and straightforward, um, three to seven minute long animated videos from Possibility Management that I hope you guys can read and spread around. Because to me, every time I watch them, I just roll on the floor laughing because they're they're really funny for me. I really love, I love Harry, man. He's just so stupid. He reminds me of myself. So, so thank you.
did anybody else have their hands up that wanted to say something before we jump in here? Uh, yeah. Okay, Doris, go ahead. <clears throat> and Vera, were you going to say, was your hand up? Okay. Doris? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hello, Clinton. I like to share. Um, it's like, I feel like going out of huge clouds of emotional stuff of my past and I, I can see now how I was struggling the last years with trying to do things and it feels like a new level of entering a new, like, wow, it's, it's wow in so much levels. It's incredible for me to describe, but it feels like I'm leaving so much behind and standing in that right now where I'm right now and discovering everything new and, and, and learning to navigate better with my emotions, with my past. I was messed up the last uh, months here in Costa Rica. And now it's like, Get, finding a new order, getting more clarity. Last week I did a defense um, training with uh, some women. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad. And when you told now you are having a trainer, uh, a trainer uh, training there, I was like, oh, I would love to be there with you guys. I would love to be there. That was great. Please tell me when you have going on the next one too. Yeah, I'm. I have that feeling. I'm there. I'm. I'm really there with more, with much more clarity and power. And thank you, Clinton. Thank you, Anne Chloe. Thanks a lot of you guys there for that. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just to say that <clears throat> in a way, the trainer path, the doorway for the trainer path, for example as all doorways are, are basically available to anybody anywhere. And, and it's almost like a video game. Can you find the door? Can you get to the door? Do you have the right keys to open the door? It really works that way. So good luck. I wish you the best of luck on your quest. Vera. I want to share that I I was holding space uh, this Saturday, so two days ago, for a weekly Spark experiment. So Spark experiment is specific practical applications of radical knowledge, and uh, Clinton produces these, and um, they can be sent out on an email. And Anna Chloe usually uh, holds space for doing, you know, reading through the through the spark and then doing experiments so they, they could she couldn't do it this this weekend so i did it i held the space and the spark was part 92 which says if you go the distinction is if you go if you move faster than the speed of love you avoid the experience of love and i had a great time uh, reading and, and hearing and sharing and doing practices um, about how how to be in the space of love and, and, and create a space of love and, and, and stay, move inside with the speed of love. So I, I really want to recommend everyone here to um, read the spark at spark 92 and do the experiment most importantly and to come to the weekly spark um, meetings with Anne Chloe.
Thank you. All right. <clears throat> I'm opening to page 60. And it's a section which is a follow-up section to what we were working through last Monday, which was a section about ordinary man. And this is a section about ordinary woman. And I, I want to share with you that while I was writing the manuscript, or going through the manuscript, I was in this <clears throat> editing process with a, um, a woman, Regina Sarah Ryan in Arizona, who worked at Home Press. She was this amazing editor. She told me afterwards that she would never edit another book for me because it took her through such liquid states to just try to edit the book and read the book. She just said her whole life was turned upside down. So she said, forget it. I'm not going to do another book from you. And she said, she, she, I would write these sections and, and she would, I would write this section about ordinary man. And she says, okay, where's the section about ordinary woman? And I would say, I would shit in my pants. I would, you know, you're talking to a guy, you're talking to, uh, you know, how am I supposed to write? And several times these, these pieces were missing. You'll find, we'll see it later on. What is woman you ask, you know, in page 302, we'll get there. But these kinds of sections uh, weren't there before. And she said, no, you have to write this. You have to go into that space. You have to jack into whatever you're jacked into and you need to write this. And so it's not my fault. That's what I'm trying to say. So you, you can't blame me. You can blame Regina Sarah Ryan. She forced me to do this. Ordinary Woman, page 60. Being a woman in a patriarchy is like being a black person in a white person's society. The white people have no idea. As the subservient class, it is the woman's responsibility to create a cultural game that is played by a more interesting set of rules because the white people ain't going to do it for you. Responsibility cre for creating a new game is far, responsibly creating a new game is far more complex and involved than the common practice of blaming men. No amount of blame, regardless of how true it seems, will make the slightest change. The world is not reinvented by complaining victims. The world is renewed by individuals responsibly changing their own behavior one word at a time. This section addresses both women and men about the special circumstances of being a woman raised in a patriarchy. Again, these ideas do not pertain to archetypal women one must first acquire the skills and awarenesses of becoming a responsible adult woman before she can begin exploring archetypal woman's radiant dimensions. Her handicaps may take more effort to abandon than she may first imagine. The handicaps of being born and raised in a patriarchy may be more difficult to abandon than a woman may first imagine. Woman's handicap in a patriarchy is conflict 
with a lifelong enemy. The handicap is thinking that you have a conflict with a lifelong enemy. The enemy of woman raised in a patriarchy is men. The enemy is not a true enemy, but the circumstantial evidence supporting the story that the enemy exists is so pervasive. And the psycho-emotional payoff for being a victim of such an enemy is so big that recognizing the quote-unquote enemy story as false is almost inconceivable. When women look to other women about this issue, there is no dissension. Every woman subtly or overtly agrees men are the unspoken enemy. The way women relate to men in the patriarchy cannot be neutral or clean because men are perceived as the enemy. Just because the surface of her ordinary looking interactions are each woman's perfected strategies for how to survive in a patriarchy where women have no overpower. Sorry. Just beneath, I have to read that again. Just beneath the surface, of her ordinary looking interactions is each woman's perfected strategies for how to survive in a patriarchy where women have no overt power, they have covert power, but no overt power. The strategies are as varied as clothing styles. Here are a few standard strategies that women use. Compare them to yours. Typically women regard men as little boys. Everything you do for men, you do with the attitude of being a resentful mother. You either coddle or scold men into doing what you want. When a man does something wrong, you punish him by withholding sex or intimacy. Never respect him as an adult. Strategy, that's, a, that's one strategy. Here's another strategy. Regard men as police represent yourself as a quote-unquote good housewife or good worker and then behind the men's backs sneak out and do whatever you really want to do if caught you deny everything confuse the facts and cover your tracks by creating a different problem such as attacking the policeman for the way he speaks to you Here's another strategy. Regard men as a prize to win. Compete with other women to hypnotize men with your beauty, your sexuality, your intelligence, your charm, or some, or all four. Never actually deliver the beauty, sexuality, intelligence, or charm to the man. Instead, keep it just out of reach so you can dangle your prize in front of your man. Sorry, so you can dangle your prized man, the man that you caught, in front of the other women to show off how powerful you are. Keep a couple of other men on the side in reserve, just in case. Here's another strategy. Regard men, just keep in mind, there's a lot of evidence for the, the viewpoint behind these strategies. And keep in mind that the strategies 
work, but it, but it never gets out of ordinary. These are ordinary strategies. Your relationship exploration, your navigation, your intimacy can never escape from ordinary when you are using these strategies. And the way out is through, you know, the way out as usual, is to become aware, intensely aware, of, oh my God, this is strategy number two, mixed with strategy number four, I'm doing it again, hear it, and this is how I do it. It's, it's, it's useful to write down your own particular form of this strategy. I, I'll say this many times, but archetypally, the interaction between the feminine and the masculine is like it can be can be equated to or metaphorically compared between a spider and a fly because men really we have no idea about all this stuff things either sort of work out or they sort of don't work out and all the subtleties of this just just goes right by and so uh, the fact that you are able to that we're, we can talk about this or that you can catch yourself or that you notice these things those are big that's big those are powerful ways for you as a woman to catch yourself so that here's the thing if you don't catch yourself you miss other doorways there are doorways going by you all the time into other domains and but if you keep using this strategy over and over so, so I've only read, I guess, three strategies. So how many, how many women have already found their strategy sometimes connected to one of those strategies? Okay. Right. So if you don't, if you are like caught up in the momentum of your own strategy, because it works, because you survived, because you can do this, you can get covert power this way. If you're caught up in that, you miss these other doorways that go by where, where you could create other spaces, other possibilities, other interactions. You miss them because you're on a track. It's like being on a track with your strategy. The thing's working, it goes like this, aha, uh -huh, I know what he's gonna do next. Here's what I do, I have to watch out for her, watch out for her, I have to move like this, uh-oh. You know, this is, if you're paying so much attention to that stuff, you're on this track and you'll miss the other possibilities. If you know that you are on a track, you have a split attention out there and that attention can look around in other ways. And that's the attention that you'll find the other doorways with. But if you're, if you're on this one track thing with your strategy, you'll miss the doorways. So the, the question is, can I explain the difference between covert and overt? And so overt power is power that's given to you by the system. It's, um, you're wearing it on your, on your name badge, on your job title, on your bank account, on your, the where you sit in the office. It's overt power. It's a, you have to think of a political system or like uh, the president has overt power, the vice president has overt power. Even the secretary has overt power, et cetera. So the hierarchical structure by your position in the hierarchy assigns you clear and publicly visible 
power that's, that's given to you by the system. Covert power is secret power. Covert power is sneaky. It's behind the scenes. It's subtle. It's often even invisible. The payoff may be, it's like, it's like a secret joke. You get the joke and you're laughing and nobody else gets it. This is covert power. You look around at the other women, you make a face, they all laugh. The guys have no idea what you're talking about. But, but you have this power and, and, and you can actually, and, and it's, it is hugely powerful. There's no difference in the quantity, the measurable quantity. There's no quantitative difference between overt power and covert power. There's so many <clears throat> television series or movies with and stories that exemplify the covert power going on behind the scenes while <clears throat> the king or the, the warrior or the point man, the one in front, is using weapons or using mm, structure, you know, overtly. Whereas behind the scenes, there's all this covert, covert thing going on. So it's, it's a shadow side of an archetypal setup between the masculine and feminine forces. And we'll get to the bright side of the use of the masculine and feminine forces as we progress. But to try to jump into the bright side without thoroughly mm, integrating, like it's almost becoming some kind of gaining some kind of mastery over your underworld until you have experience, experiential distinctions about what's going on for you. For example, with these covert power feminine strategies, if you don't have any conscious awareness of that, then when you're, when you're trying to navigate into archetypal, extraordinary or archetypal spaces, you will sabotage yourself. You will be self-sabotaged. You will be undermined by your own covert strategies. So the whole point of doing this shadow side work for the first third of the book, we're going to be working in underworld stuff. It is not pretty. It's painful. And, and if we don't do that, the rest of it will have no effect. You will, we're building this foundation in the mud. There's, there's kind of like two ways to get out of the mud. One way is you fall in the mud and then you try to get out the same way you came in. But, the, but another way is to um, dig through the mud, dig all the way down through the bottom of the mud and come out the other side. And that way, that way, if you ever fall in the mud before, you know where the other side is already. Whereas most people fall in the mud and they go, oh my God, I saw a glimpse of my gremlin. I see my shadow purpose. I, I lied. I betrayed. I was sneaking. I was superior. I was arrogant. What, whatever the, and then you try to get out of it and go, God, that's, I'll, that's bad. I'll never do that again. You try to bounce back out the same way you came in. What we're doing is we're, um, digging through the mud to get to the sky. These are some words from a Lee Lozowick song, but digging through the mud to get to the sky. It's like, okay, okay. Once you do that, it's, it's you're learning how to swim. So if you fall in the water and you don't know how to swim, you panic. You fall in the water and you know how to swim, then you, you just float. You don't even have to swim. You realize that a human being 
holds your breath, you float, you don't have to do anything to swim. And then you gain a whole new relationship to water. It's like the, it's the same way with the shadow side, with the mud. Doris, I'm just, this is a crude thing I'm gonna say. See, isn't that funny what you just did? Isn't that funny? I don't know if anybody noticed the, what just happened there, but Doris was eating a big sandwich and chewing with her mouth open and thinking, God, this is a great lunchtime conversation, the underworld, isn't it? It's so interesting. Now, if you really get what I'm saying, you would be sobbing. You would be tearing your hair out. You'd be ripping pages out of your scrapbook and eating them. I don't know. You'd be jumping up and down. If you really get what we're talking about, this is the underworld. And Doris has told us she's already enlightened. And then she's, she wants so enlightened, she's going to be a trainer. And, and then she's eating a sandwich. And so, we get, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is you're missing out. You're, because you go into an ordinary space when you're eating. Eating is an ordinary thing to do. So if you eat, you protect yourself from the extraordinary conversation, as you wish. Before I get into any more trouble, allow me to continue reading. This is point number four. There aren't any numbers, there's little dots, but it's the fourth possible strategy that a woman can use to deal with being covertly powerful in the patriarchy and deal with men. Regard men as stupid animals. Compute, communicate with men through commands. Tell them what you want, tell them what you know, tell them what they should do about it. Continuously criticize men in public to prove to them they are stupid. Then you never have to take what they say seriously. Being disgusted about men's brutishness keeps you from feeling the pain of not being in the kind of relationship that your heart aches for. The next strategy is regard men as a possession. You know, we think that in the patriarchy, it's the woman who is the possession. But the, the way that women have this, they turn it, it's turned around. You can just turn it around very easily. Regard men as your possession no different from your car or your house. The man needs maintenance now and then, so you take him out to a few places. But since he cannot feel anything and is not really alive anyway, you leave him to take care of himself, including sexually. You use him whenever it suits you. It's your possession. Another strategy. Regard men as dangerous and abusive adversaries. Be proactively abusive towards men as a general policy to make men keep their distance. Your unprovoked spitefulness protects you. Besides, men are the enemy. So expressing aggression toward men any way that you can is already justified. And the next one, the next strategy that you might use Regard men as rescuers and bank accounts. Play act being a sweet victim and a sexy partner to your present sugar daddy, so he keeps rescuing you and providing an abundance of cash. After he dies, you will have time to be by yourself. 
or to become yourself. Through your sacrifice, you have earned the right to inherit his money and the power of his name. You could probably guess that this list is longer than what I've just done. But it's a, would anybody like to share any, anything that you noticed going on or anything coming up for you about these strategies? Let me just read the last little paragraph and kind of packages the whole thing first. These are harsh generalizations. You know, they are hard, hard, clear statements. If you are a woman, see if you can let your heart rather than your mind digest these descriptions to figure out if any parts of them are true for you. If you're a man, review your experiences from these new perspectives to see what is accurate or not about these descriptions. Would anybody, let's just take a moment of silence to kind of digest that, but if anybody would like to share something, we're listening. Shannon, please go ahead. I've seen all of these and I've been many of these and um, and I stayed in my marriage much longer than was necessary because um, for some false sense of security. And it's really interesting um, because last week you were talking about our name. And so this one, you know, Chamberlain is my married name. And, um, and so, you know, I struggle with whether it's mine. It's mine now. I don't know if it's who I am. Um, and I, I, I'm a notary and I, I notarized some documents for a marriage. Um, I have some friends and, and the husband decided to take her name, which I had never seen before because he didn't believe in his family. Um, but but um, I think what's coming up for me is- Did you say I feel? I feel sad. Because in there's this cycle of marginal being marginalized and then marginalizing. And and so how can intimacy live there? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because this is our 15th week of working on the reading through the Radiant Joy Brilliant Love Book, I want to to mention again or just acknowledge how we have parts and there's a part of our mind we have this mind that's hungry for the answer or the way and it's it can sit there for like for example in this space where we are these people we're, we're 
I don't know, 30, 25, 30 people around the world, and we're, we're in this space together. There's these heart-to-heart connections going around. You can feel them. You look at somebody, you can go, God, who is Fauna? Or Vicente? What's Vicente? What's happening for him today? You know, what's Nicole up to? Mia, what is Mia? What's, where is she? She keeps looking like she's on a boat or something. It's like, and you know, we have this connection. You've seen her before. And you go, who, I, here she is in this space again. I haven't even talked to her yet. I don't even know what's going on in her life. And yet I still have this kind of connection. And, but then there's this other part of this mind. The mind is going, I'm, look, I'm taking an hour and a half, two hours. I want, I want the answer. I want, I want the way. I want, I want to change something. I want, I want, you know, there's this mind that's trying to figure it out. Okay. Trying to figure it out. And it's not getting the candy. This is not a mind candy space. You're not getting mind candy in this space. I mean, in, in reality, you are. There's huge amounts of distinctions with regards to extraordinarily creating magical and transformational spaces. There's a lot of that in the background conversation. You need to have, be able to listen to it. There's a lot of it there. But the mind candy, you don't get that. You don't get the, the, the method. You're not getting the ABC method and the mind goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I feel good now. I'm positive thinking. I, I love myself. You know, I'm going to love myself before I can love other people. And I'm a good person. And like all this stuff, you know, the mind wants this stuff. And you're not going to get it here. You will not get that here. That's not what this is going to happen here. What's going to happen is you're going to, this, this meeting is like a compost pile. We'll come together cabbage leaves, the avocado peels, you know, the leftovers from the meal are scraped together and thrown in this bucket. And every week we come together and you, and you go, you know, what's, what are we really like? What And compost just doesn't happen very fast. It happens through microorganisms in a, in a proper condition. So what we're trying to do is over, over time, create the proper conditions for these microorganisms these little viruses, these little mimetic viruses, to go in and decompose some construct. It's part of your construct, your mimetic construct. And it'll just loosen things up here. And, and, and then during the week, something will bend or fall away, or it crushes a little bit and slimes up and starts to stink. I mean, compost actually stinks bad, actually, a lot of times. Even when it's doing really well, there's these times when compost just really stinks. You have to turn it over. Has to get some air in there. You have to look at it and how's it going. And there's parts that aren't composted very well. Well, let's look there this week. We'll, we'll, we'll add some water. Hope it's warm enough. So this whole this the team we're this compost team. We're composting ourselves. This is called self composting. And it there isn't. You, you walk out basically from the end of our group, our study group. You end up stinking like compost. And you've, you've, you've looked at another part of yourself and pulled this up and go, God, where does he find all these, these horrible things to look at? You know, how much, there's no bottom. You just reach way down and wait till a couple of weeks. We'll be pulling up stuff from way down. And go, God, how long has that been in there? And you, we're wanting it to, comp, to compost. And the way that happens is it's an organic process. It's not going to happen. It's not a bright process. It's not one of these flashy things. It's really long and slow and stinking and that's the process that we're in together so i'm 
I've said it before. I just I'm just happy that you're you have the courage and and the maybe you had maybe it is that you just have tried some other things and they just don't work. I don't know. Has anybody ever tried other things and they didn't really work? You better try that. <laughs> okay. Well, join the club. I've tried a lot of things that didn't work. So, so, so this is the compost club we're doing. Self-composting. Thank you, Shannon. Is somebody else would like to say something about these strategies? I would. I don't know um, who spoke, but go ahead and then Naomi after that. Rachel, you said something? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, there... There's one I particularly identified with um, about basically um, seeing the worst in men as a protective strategy, you know, for uh, excusing the fact that I, I don't have a loving relationship. But also just going through these strategies, just realizing how rampant they rampant they run in like a lot of the the mainstream popular feminist discourse, which is why it makes sense that men are very threatened by the idea of feminism. Now, this is just a type of feminism. I don't want to say it represents the whole movement, but it's a very pervasive type of feminism. And it just seems like uh, it's fighting unconsciousness with unconsciousness. It's just, it's not bringing awareness and light to this relationship of the masculine and feminine. And uh, it's just really quite interesting to see all these behaviors kind of um, uh, put forward in, in this idea that we're gonna be equal to men, but by e equal to them how? By acting like an unconscious man. Um, so, that was kind of a takeaway for me. Thank you. Uh, and Chloe, we, do you want to say, Naomi is going to go next. Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. And Naomi? I, I find it interesting to notice how I react to reading about the strategies. Um, and also, I, I, I look out for them in myself um and i kind of look around and like think i notice them in others and i just get really angry <laughs> i think i get really resentful at other people doing that um and and i and then i i want to look like for great discourses that i could give or great solutions like you said you know like wanting the solution like get out of it um and i also yeah and I, I really enjoy reading this together because I feel something happening in the space, like a little shimmering of like, ah, oh, no hiding, um, talking about it. And I just love to be unveiled, no? It feels like something I long for a lot and I love it happening. It's like a mercy for me to not have to pretend or hide or yeah, just talk about it. I enjoy that. <laughs> Thank you. You also have to turn your sound off.
I, uh, okay. Um, I remember the first time I went into a women's circle, which was in Bali, and it was the women's circle was called the shadow of the feminine. And I was like, this is great. This is finally, I'm going to get into women's circle and it's going to be, it's going to be real. And, and I, somehow I sit as the last person in the circle to check in and, and, and of course women have no clarity about their shadow. And what I say, I check in and I, I say my shadow sentence, I, sh I say my shadow purpose, which is one of the survival strategy. And you yeah, my shadow sentence. So this is the, purpose that is that my gremlin follows that my gremlin is serving and it goes like this i am a double-faced manipulative vamp who throws sexual hooks to attract to attract men to attract you so i can suck your emotional physical intellectual and energetic energy powers and energy until you are sucked dry and I leave you for dead and never look back. So this is what I do. And it's mostly, it's mostly with men, but then I've discovered also how I do that with women. I've discovered afterwards. And I, and I said that at, at the circle and the two space holders were the pool, the rug was pulled out because I had, I had more clarity than them. But what I wanted to say is, I think a lot of women are hungry. I think a lot of women are hungry for this, no more hiding, no more women's circle where we all are victim of complaining or we, we have to be soft with each other because the world outside is so hard. Or, and so if you are inspired by this, if you feel fed or seen or in a space that it's about putting the weapons down. It's about putting the weapons on the table. And the way to put the weapons on the table is to be so clear about them. As you say, and this is my weapon. And I put it on the table for, so, and to realize there's particular weapons with men, like those strategies, but also this particular weapons with women, particularly, and, and that would be competition and comparison and, um, stealing men from other women and, and, and to, and to say, okay, for this meeting in this space. And then you can also say forever, I put down this weapon down forever. And you, you, you take it out of your gremlin's hand and you put it in your hand and you put it on the table. So Naomi and I also say, I saw, um, ethne, I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. Um, nodding your head and I, I, I would encourage you to open women's circle and that's the first conversation. That is the first conversation. And then sure, there is, there is other conversation to have about what is to be an, uh, an archetypal woman or what is, what is it to be a next culture woman that is not defined in opposition with an unconscious masculine, which is the patriarchy or what is it to be a, a next culture a mother or like on and on and on. But it seems like the first meetings would be about where we are. Like, like, like the book, The Ordinary, where we are. And then, and then other doors can open. Thank you.
Did somebody else have their hand up? Vera, uh, Vera, did they do it? Vera, go ahead. Can I go? Okay. What I, what I noticed in the last uh, four months is that I had, um, I've, I've been, I had been holding this hatred about men, and holding this hatred about men, and my rage and my all of my un, underworld um, uh, strategies were justified. Were justified because of all the harm that they do. And that was a great gift because it allowed me to see that part of my underworld, like part of my, it's also revenge. So, and this is what I wrote in the, in the WhatsApp group about to grow up and become an adult as a woman is to, for me at least, it's to forfeit the benefit of revenge against men and just just like in competition. So what do you do instead of competing with someone? What do you do instead of taking revenge? And so I'm, I'm just trying to discover what exists that is not, that is not having revenge. And yeah, what, what, what is collaboration about? But one of the most important things for me was to notice how actually I have, yeah, I have justified revenge or justify my revenge. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just so glad to hear this. Like after last week, um, hearing about all the men, I, I had such an angry week. Um, and I was just seeing all this, you know, misogyny everywhere. And he said this, and it was, you know, a microaggression and, you know, I need to talk and I live with these people and I'm going to move out because they're terrible. And, you know, and I actually have conversations scheduled today and talk about just in time learning, but <laughs> um, it's just going to be a different conversation. I could relate to every one of the things that you said, like being the cop, being the mom, being the rescuer, being the persecutor. Um, being the arbiter of what you should be saying. Um, and it, as you were saying, it, it's like, well, what else is there? <laughs> that pretty much covers it. <sighs> so I guess it's a liquid state, like last week and this week, like just kind of last week, it was just kind of like despair. Like, oh, I hate this. I, I want to go to a different world. <laughs> Thank you. As a, the rescuer part of me wants to say, yes, we're on this journey to a different world. And, and there's this other part of me that's, has taken a long time for me to own or to discover in me, which says, this is the world we get. What are we going to do with it? This is it. And every single bit of it adds up. 
It all adds up. It's not an accident that the world is like it is. It has added up from everybody's contribution. And, and this is the world we get. And, and it's there isn't any rainbow at the end of the tunnel. The thing is, being in the tunnel, like being about, it's exactly what you're saying. So anyway, thank you very much. Thanks for saying this. Yeah, I have one more thing. It seems so hard, like, there's a part of me that is like, oh. Hey, say what you're feeling. I feel... I'm sad. Because... Um, let your heart speak, not your mind. The because comes from your heart, not your mind. Your heart can speak. Well, like you said, I've tried so many things and like this seems so hard and all these four feelings and I don't, that's not how I work and I don't want to do something different. What is the sadness really? The sadness is what? Close your eyes for a second. When you open your eyes and you look up, you go in your mind. Just close your eyes for a second. Just say it again. I feel sad because... Try not to swallow it down. Yeah, I feel sad because... I guess I don't think I can do it. Like, I feel sad because... Close your eyes. Don't bite your lips. These are all ways to numb yourself. Close your eyes. Don't swallow it down. Just say it. I feel sad because... And it will come all by itself. Don't, don't figure out what you're going to say before. This is what, what, I'm, what I'm talking to you about right now. It's not just for you. It's for everybody here. And it's about inner navigating. We'll get there in the book, but you need it right now. So just inner navigate by not biting your lips, not swallowing it down, not keeping your eyes and looking up to go in your mind. Don't figure out what you're going to say before you say it because your heart speaks by itself. And you say, I feel sad, that's the beginning. And then your heart says, why? Not your mind. And you don't know what your heart's going to say before you start. Try it. Try it, Kate. Because I don't know. Don't, um, know don't look what's up. What's right, what's to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Like if everybody's ahead. <laughs> We're going to do a little experiment. How many people here think everybody else is ahead? How many people have that sense that other people are ahead? Like, just look around. Just K, look, just kind of check. I don't know what it means to be ahead. Be forward. Further just, along. Already ah, know. Ahead. Okay. Already know. Somebody else already knows. Yeah, they know how to do it. Yeah, thank you. Great. Rona? Um, yeah, I wanted to share that I feel that, that my main strategy in regarding men and also sometimes women is to gain validation of myself as like a valuable person um and that's just so upsetting to me because it feels like you know who am i who like can i not be a person 
without the validation of the the ones in power, you know. I feel like I betray myself and by like not being able to give that to myself, you know. Thank you. Is there, Fona, is there a feeling in you also, just like Kay was doing? Can you do that? Can you kind of shut your eyes? What is that feeling in you? I feel upset and overwhelmed and sad and abandoned by myself. And I don't feel like I've ever known how to stand up for myself and show up for myself. Mm. I'm always looking to other people to do that for me. I've developed so many strategies to do that. To get other people to do it for you, to stand up for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to show me my own value. Thank you. Thank you. I noticed that Devin didn't say anything and Tom didn't say anything and Vicente didn't say anything and Horatio didn't say anything. Guys, anything about this? Clinton, I feel, I feel that um, I was yesterday on a meeting with a lot of friends, like a family, and I saw like on the table, a lot of these, uh, these strategies. And then uh, I was listening what you were saying and uh, feeling like, uh, I, I felt myself yesterday like defending like, oh, uh, I'm glad my wife doesn't do this, but sometimes she does that. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, I, I feel sad right now because it's, I feel that if we, we cannot evolve together, it's like, uh, it's bad because one, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I feel right now, Clinton. I just I'm I'm just digesting that because because this is this is this is tiring. This is tiring, very tiring. And then this a lot of social problems comes from all this. What's possibility management is talking about? So, Vicente, will you try something right now? It was so powerful what you said, and I just, if, I would like it if you'd close your eyes and lean back just a little bit. You're leaning on your shoulders right now, and that, that kind of sort of blocks the feelings up. And if you just relax your shoulders, just close your eyes, go, kind of drop down inside. Sort of relax your head a little bit, drop, relax your head, yeah. And just, and just say, I feel sad because we can't evolve together. I feel sad because we cannot evolve together. 
and I, I love my wife and I, I would like to improve on that. Thank you. Um, I would like to speak. Um, I feel a lot of pain and I feel that also from a man, but um, seeing it and, and hearing it from women makes me want to apologize in a lot of ways, but also to join hands in some sort of psychic or emotional way to say, <laughs> yeah, um, it's coming from both sides and uh, we're doing this to each other. And I want to I want to call it truth. So I want, um, that's not the right word. I want to hear your pain and I want you to hear mine and we can perhaps meet on that middle ground. So that's what I, I wanted to say. So, um, hold on just a second, hold on. Want to try this little experiment? If you want to, if you want to call it truce, if you want to participate in the truce that Horatio just proposed, he proposes. I know what truce is. Tr Horatio, do you want to? Can you explain that, Horatio? A truce is meeting together and acknowledging with one another where we fail each other and, and agreeing to try to learn how not to do what we do to one another and to try to make amends in ways that will benefit both of us. That would be my, my definition. If you want to have a truce if, in this team, you want to, if you want to start now, like start over now, if you want to start over now in truce, you put your hand out and just shake everybody's hand if you want to join the truce. have to it's just if you if you really feel this and there's a big price to pay if you're going to join the truce there's a big price and the big price is you don't get to be oppressed anymore you don't get to be a victim anymore 
You don't get to blame anymore. So it's a big price to pay if you're going to join the truce. The war's over. The game is over. The gremlin feeding, low drama victim game of being oppressed, being victimized, being marginalized, being excluded, being you know put down. That's over. You don't get to play that game anymore. So it's a big deal to do truce. It's a big thing. Just want to check with Horatio. Did you? Is there something more you wanted to say? No, that was that was it. I, I wanted to express my feelings of empathy, compassion, and also share that I feel it also within myself. I don't know how many weeks you've been here, Horatio. I think we missed you last week, but you've been here many weeks and Sometimes I try to check in with you to see how it's going. You say, I'm fine. You know, and I'm just so glad that you said what you just said. I'm composting. <clears throat> yeah, it really touches me. I just need you to know that a lot of things that I say in this listening space, I don't know how it is for you, but a lot of things I say here, I never said before in my life. And, and it's because uh, there's so much listening amongst ourselves, seeking the truce. You know, other people seek the truth, but we're seeking the truce. And if that creates this listening that is so big, it's, and, uh, I'm just really grateful. I think Dor had his hand up next. Dor, you did you want to say something? I feel sad because I part of me is like heard all these strategies and felt them. And part of me said, like, yeah, but I deserve them. So, like, and I felt a lot of fear and, like, what did I do? Like, a lot of these tragedies are very similar to things that I do to women. So I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to read the part about me, what, what, what my strategies have heard in women. And I just feel a lot of sadness for just like, I deserve it. Like, I feel like when I heard the strategy, I said, no, but it's okay because I deserve it. And I can really like relate to Horatio talking about like truth. And yes, I want to personally like move over it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, 
Doris, you spoke before. Is it okay if we let some other people speak? And, and so, Ethna, will you go right now and then Mark? Yeah, Horatio, when you were speaking, I felt, in, especially about the truce, I felt this incredible amount of terror come over me. I, um, and I felt this, and Chloe, when you were talking about the women's group as well and, you know, laying down the weapons. Um, yeah, I'm realizing that I regard men as the most dangerous aspect of life. Um, it feel, intimacy with men feels like a lethal like something extremely dangerous to all of my bodies, physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual. And so I mother them, I coddle men, I, um, I lie, I omit, I withhold, I do all of these things because I am so, so <laughs> terrified of what they will do if I don't. There is a, I, like I am shaking from the spirit that I was experiencing at the thought of letting that go and letting that guard down. So yeah, I just wanted to, uh, to speak to that being alive for me. Ah, thank you. Was there somebody who did not speak yet? Maria, would you go ahead? I mean, I've sort of been in and out because he's been super awake, but. And Mark, you next. What I, I I'm just, I'm just connecting in with what I'm hearing and feeling a lot of grief, a lot of sadness about, um, yeah, this impulse that I have to give my center away and be angry about it and make others pay for the fact that I'm actually giving my center away. And it's like really destroying my relationship. <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, I, I keep doing this thing of like picking it up and putting it down it's like second by second of my life right now where I just it's like I can't it feels like a heroin addiction or something to like really just it's like every second I have to decide do I want to be in a relationship or do I want to be like do I want to know everything control everything be like it's so it's just so ingrained in my survival strategy in my box and it's taking like being really super liquid to try to unravel all of this and and do something different it's it's a lot of work and i'm really glad to be doing it and also scared super scared <laughs> thank you thank you Mark, you go ahead. I felt joy listening to Anne Chloe's declarative statement. Part of me wakes up when I am present with that. And then it goes back to sleep when I'm exposed to our world. And this is um, 
I want to compost faster and I want to be in an environment that is promoting composting versus always trying to shut it down. And I am not, I haven't found that environment very well. And it's, gives me a feeling of beating my head against the wall, especially with COVID going now. It's like, I don't know how to compost faster by myself other than being online here with you folks. Um, yeah, but I wanted to speak to the joy I felt hearing Anne Chloe speak about women's work. And it's like now that invigorates me to really double down on doing men's work. It's, I don't know, it's the carrot, right? Why, why do all of this? Because I want to have intimate relations with beings, both male and female. And I want people who are also working on this because being with non-composting people is a drain for me. Mark, will you just try an experiment? So one yes. that Kay was doing is like, you just close your eyes and let your heart answer. You say, when Aunt Chloe was sharing her hidden purpose statement, the, her gremlin's purpose, when she was having this clarity about you know, the result of a lot of work that she did to come up with that, and then this spark of joy comes out of your heart because, I feel glad because. I feel glad because work makes a difference. Hmm. It's like, it's obvious. Like I can recognize people who have done lots of work. I feel like I've isolated myself from those very people that I want to be with. How did you isolate yourself? I have a story that my toxicity is worse than other people's and that I use my toxicity to drive other people away. Thank you for saying that. Have you written that down? I mean, is that something you're aware of from before? I was reading a note from a year ago and it was very succinct. I literally can recognize other people's pet peeves. And if you stroke people's pet peeves, they get pissed off in a way that is very subtle and very disconnecting. That's my experience, that's my story. Thank you. Was there somebody else who wanted to say something right now? Devin, go ahead Devin and then Amanda. Um, yeah, I wanted to share that while you were reading Clinton, I had this fear come up and I, like wanted you to stop reading and um and like initially I was just like uh the thoughts were like oh it's because this is incorrect I've heard what women say and these aren't the actual things women say and as I was sitting here 
feeling it. It's more like I'm just terrified of uh, like like women's wrath. Like um, the experience I had growing up was my mom just discovering uh, third wave feminism and having all this like anger come online and just hearing about how bad it was to be a man growing up. And um, uh, I just haven't experienced that as fear before, like I did while you were reading. Yes, uh, being killed, fear of just being fucking slaughtered by um, the women in my life. Uh, and it's not, uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of experiences, but that's one of them coming up. <sighs> Devin, I just, I would invite you to keep your eyes open in this case and, I, and look at the different women who are looking at you right now, slowly, 10 seconds with one and then 10 seconds with another and let it in that while you were saying what, what could be a horrible thing, now keep your glasses on, man, keep looking, you look in their eyes and let it in that while you were saying how afraid you were, none of the women went away. Yeah. Just keep doing great. Just keep letting it come into you. There's this connection. This connection is real. You just keep looking in their eyes and you get it. Now keep your eyes open. Try to keep your eyes open. Keep breathing. Yes. You're doing super. Keep breathing. And let it in. You look in her eyes. She did not go away when you were saying the worst possible thing about how afraid you were. She did not go away. She could hear this. You're doing super, Devin. You just keep letting it in. Yeah, let the sounds out. Let the sound. Yeah. If you turn, just turn your mic on so I can hear your sound, okay? I just need to hear. I need to check. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, open your mouth a little bit. And then go back and open your eyes and look at the next woman. Pick the next woman. There's only two screens of women here looking at you. Two screens. You can do this. Devin, you can do this. Keep your open eyes. Look at the name. <sighs> Keep breathing. Yeah. Ten seconds. Let it come in till it hits you. She did not go away. She can hear you. You were telling the raw truth. You're telling what was really going on for you. <sighs> Do this. Doing great. Just keep going. Yes. 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 You're doing super. Let it go to a different part of your body. Let it go down your legs. Let it go to your stomach. Let it go keep looking it and let it in. Try to not close your eyes. Try to keep them open. Take another woman. Just look. Let it in. Uh, Deep breathing. Uh, 
You didn't go away. Thank you. Seeing my friend, my male friend Dawei here, and I feel so grateful to have him here. He's been such a good friend on my journey. Devin, who was that? Who is that? Dawei. Dawei. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I have a lot of friends on this call. Great. Thank you. Where are you calling from? Seattle. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. We're approaching 7.30, which is the official time for people need to go. 7.30 is fine. Just thank you for being here. And thank you so much for participating. Thank you for showing up, for composting with the rest of us, like submitting yourself to the composting process. And we'll be here longer if anybody wants to hang out or ask questions or talk. We won't be reading more from the book. We will not. But if anybody wants to talk about stuff or share some of the people who spoke already, there's space now. We're but thank you for being here. So if you have to go, we'll see you next week. Have a, keep keep composting. You can you can take people to the cafe and they'll go. What do you, what are we? Why are we going to the cafe? And you just say to compost together. Just the compost cafe. Naomi, it's funny, I was just looking at you just now and then you put your hand up, it's funny. Go ahead. I feel... Say it, let your heart speak. I feel. I feel incredibly sad. I started. Huh? You don't have to put in the incredibly part, okay? I feel sad. I feel sad. I started feeling sad, most sad, when I heard Vicente saying that he was afraid that. He could not grow together with his wife. <laughs> I'm sad at my own deep-rooted disbelief that any, any man could care for his wife like that. <laughs> what this sounds like, you're doing great. And you just... And I think I'm also, I, I'm like shaking and I have trouble breathing. It's a different feeling. So I think I'm a little afraid. Yeah, it's a bit, you're a lot afraid. What's the, say, I feel scared because. I feel scared because, I feel scared because I am afraid that 
I can never connect to any man ever, including my partner. And I'm afraid I'm going to just stick around forever in depression and make excuses why it's okay to stay together and be patient because men don't know better. And I am afraid of myself, that I keep myself trapped in, in beliefs and, and, and use my fear for that. And yeah, I don't trust myself mm. at all. I just feel like trapped forever, kind of. You don't, you don't trust yourself about what? For what? I don't trust myself to be able, I don't, I feel like I'm just this false snake that uses my fear about men to, <laughs> to just hate them and resent them and blame them for everything. And even when I find out I'm a victim, I, I don't know what to do or, or maybe I, I was going to say something like, if I'm a victim, I use that to be superior about my self-knowledge that I have and that they don't or others don't. I just... And I'm just really afraid of intimacy and I hate my partner for not creating it, but then... If it was up to me to create it, I, I don't think I'm even capable of doing it. And I don't trust my partner. So when I do something sensual or like try to kiss him and he makes like a funny face and then I tell him I think he's just avoiding intimacy and then he thinks he says he's not and then I don't trust his own self insight. And then I don't know if I'm seeing things that are happening or that I'm just mm, mistrusting again and that it's not necessary and that I, I just, I'm so afraid of being alive that, that I don't imagine other people could actually just be happy and present and have... Mm, I don't trust his self insight and I don't know if that's my own lack of trusting or if it's my being able to perceive something. Yeah. Two things. One is I'm so glad this is recorded because the first half of what you were just saying now is almost a perfect hidden purpose. The thing that Anne Chloe said before she, she worked a long time to assemble the parts and you just had these parts almost exactly how it so just watch the recording write down what you're saying distill it a little bit and you've got it that's fantastic yeah i really want to find it i'll i'll do that and is there anybody that i could that would be happy to for me to reach out to them to help me clarify if i i'm just writing your names I'll them to you, okay? There's Maria. I will read them for you. You can just write them down. 
Well, I actually know everybody's names almost, and it's also. But okay, okay thank you. <laughs> I, I tried to rest you, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's also nice because there's so many. <laughs> Thank you very much for the space that I could speak into. I will ask on WhatsApp and then if there's people that want to witness, then they're really welcome. The second thing is, I get a sense that your you've identified your real the quote unquote real self with your mind yeah and if you watch the recording again notice how alive you are sharing in this team right now so so your choice of being imprisoned in a little cell in your mind, like so alone, up here going, do I trust, don't I trust, who am I trusting, is he right, am I right, what's going on really? This is a, a prison, it's the intellectual prison. And we have not been trained otherwise very well by modern culture. However, you have five bodies and your heart is working accurate and your being your presence like your energetic body and your archetypal body is alive and well and you might just take a picture of yourself an energetic photo of the way that you've been here the last five minutes with us and get it how the, the community here like you fit there's a community where you fit so you don't have to feel alone in the isolation of your genius and your clarity, but you can feel welcome in the community of being out here. And yeah, thank you. Snapshot of yourself. It doesn't go in your mind, it goes in your, in your being. You have a different, then all of a sudden you're outside of the prison outside of the prison. If you can remember, look in these people's faces, <laughs> and just look there, just look at them, and just let it in, you know, just like Devin was doing, let it in, that you're actually, you get, you're actually outside of the prison of your mind there, okay? Great. Yeah, thank you. As a last thing, it's just that I, it, I, I, I make my partner into a prison guard. Um, that I and it makes me not know if I should then stay with him or in this place or not. No, it like goes into these questions and confusions. Like it's they're not my community. Uh, yeah. A little experiment you could try in the next day or two is what? What's his name again? Joaquin. Joaquin. You just say, Joaquin, dude, you're fired. You're fired. I've no longer my prison guard. I refuse. You're fired. 
You no longer have the job of being my prison guard. Then actually, see, I'm just the prison guard. I'm just the <laughs> just me. <laughs> this is not a good Duncan experiment. It's a real experiment. Okay. Tell him physically, him, or say tell myself. No, him. Make time to sit there and go. I've been. I hired. I formed you into my prison guard. That job is over. You are fired. Okay. No longer have that job. It's not available. The position is gone. Okay. We've merged with a larger corporation. The job has been reorganized. Don't try to figure it out before. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ooh. <clears throat> Now put your hands down, put your hands down, just let it in and look in somebody's face, really. Just let it in. Hello, Eva. Oh. We, we did an exercise last week, and you were my partner, I remember. Yeah. And I was wondering all week long how you were doing. So, uh, and I, we don't have time right now to do another exercise. I don't think, I don't think we're going to do that tonight. I said we would do more of it, but not tonight, today. But, uh, but you could tell us how it's going. I feel like I have a lot of space in me and I I'm now in uh, I'm alone with the old man with elderly that I take care of so I have really a lot of space to feel and uh, yeah I'm doing great actually now I'm really scared of uh, talking. Talking right now? Yeah. And what's the biggest thing you're afraid of? Mm, maybe to, to show myself. What part of yourself? I don't know. Well, thank you for showing that part anyway. Thank you. Naomi, I just had one more question for you, which was, you said that you were so afraid of being alive. Me? Naomi said that. Oh, no. <clears throat> Naomi, you reminded me. Naomi, you said you were so afraid of being alive. What, what, kind of aliveness is so frightening for you? Which kind? My first answer that came up was just being on the planet and feeling small and having parents. Um, the other one, if I try to go into the feeling um 
of being glad and joyful and of being woman, of being sensual. Because what might happen? I might get eaten. Yeah, I might get caught. I feel like this little butterfly and I just feel very vulnerable. I feel like hate will come at me or something. Rare. Have you, I just, <clears throat> excuse me, have you been at Expand the Box training or the labs or anything? Okay. If you do, then you could say what I would say now, which is you would realize that you have learned some new things. Before, when, when this thing was going to come to eat you, if you show up alive, then you're innocent or you're fresh or you're sweet or you're attractive. You show up in your aliveness and then this thing comes to eat you. It's a kind of a real thing until you learn some new things. And when you learn how to put your energetic center on your physical center and connect that to the middle of the earth and have a grounding cord and a bubble around yourself and you know how to bring out your sort of clarity and put it at their throat and say and decide whether it's a fair conversation or an unfair conversation and make boundaries and navigate space. And when you can take radical responsibility for the context of the conversation and refuse to leave the context that you choose. When you learn some new things like this that, that happens in Expand the Bucks and the Labs, then, you, then the thing, it's impossible for it to eat you anymore because you have learned new skills. And that's what I love about the trainings is that you actually learn the skills that let you be alive, that, uh, that give you, it's, it's, it's like, it's like you, if you took an object and make it into the shape of an airplane and push it down the runway at a certain speed, it will fly because of its shape. So when you learn new skills, you change your shape. And when you change your shape, you, it's, you fly. You're, you're built, you know, it's, so, so that's, how, that's how straightforward it is. So then you can just stand there and go, well, yes, that's how it was. I would have been eaten. Now I can be alive and be alive in my aliveness because I have learned new things. Yeah. Somebody asked about how to find out more about Expand the Box and Labs, and I think, and Chloe's sh uh, shoving a couple of links in if anybody's interested in that. Thank you for your aliveness. We have a few minutes if anybody wanted to say something else. Amanda, yes, go ahead. Hi. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to um, share that I feel like it's maybe my gremlin or a part of me that when I had raised my hand in the first before and then like other people had have been talking after me like I felt I guess I felt angry 
And then my gremlin was like, oh, well, I'm forgotten. Like, maybe it's not meant for me to say what I want to say. Um, or maybe like I'm not important enough to say something because all these people have been speaking before me. Maybe they don't care about what I have to say. And it just went on to like a spiral. And then I started laughing at it and kind of realizing how dumb it was. Um, Will you pause just a second right there? Because I just want to add the possibility that you don't regard it as dumb. Because people will spend years going to psychotherapy or years meditating to discover that they have voices that go on with this pattern, emotional reactive pattern that goes exactly like the one you just described. It was exactly like this. People spend 15, 20, 30 at therapy office, at a, at a meditation hall in the Zen, in the Zen position, you know, like really a take. And so this is a valuable piece of clarity that you just discovered about yourself, a part of yourself. And if you bring in this assessment, you bring in the judgment, the criticism, it says it's dumb. You're actually kind of continuing the same conversation. Not only do they think I'm dumb, but I'm, I think I'm dumb. Actually, you're continuing the same thing. So if you skip the dumb part, you just skip that part and go, wow, and you write it down. You write down that conversation. Like, so, so in this case, you would title a page on a, in your little beat book, and you would title it something like uh, the, um, the ways I, I destroy myself. Self, my self-destruction conversations. And you put a title and you just, this is the first one and you got it. It's like catching, it's like catching a thief. Somebody, this thief has come in and stealing your life with this conversation. And if you believe the conversation, you're gone. You don't get life. You get depression, you get non-participation, you get, you get to be ignored and left out. So if you write it down, you've captured it. You've captured a demon, you've captured the thing, put it on your paper. It can't get you anymore because you've got it. And if it comes back again, that same voice comes back, you go, ha, got you already. I, you can't do this to me anymore because I've got you. So you become a, a, a trigger hunter. You become a demon hunter. You know, you track, you track it. So anyway, I'm, I'm only offering you the possibility of when you, you did a beautiful job of telling us the whole conversation, write that down in your book. And then you don't, you just skip the beating up part. And instead it's a celebration. You actually celebrate that you got this one. You got it in your book. You write it down, you got it. And then in a way you're free of it after that for the rest of your life. And you know, when I did that, it, was, it wasn't so long ago when I did that. I had 18 different conversations that I wrote down each one, and then they just repeated after that. I haven't captured a new conversation in me for a couple of years, two, three years. And it's so great when they come back sometimes, I go, I got you already, I, you're number six. I got you already. And you, it's just a fantastic transformational thing. It's fantastic to do that. Okay, what, and um, Fauna, is that a question or what? Okay, yeah, hold I, okay. You just hold it because I mean I interrupted Amanda in the middle. She I asked her if she would just stop. So Amanda, thank you. I just wanted to say that 
if you beat yourself up, it's just more of the same. It could be a celebration of capturing this this phrase. You, you captured it beautifully, and then you get to win. Actually, it's a win. And I interrupted you. You were saying some next thing. Thank you. Um, yeah, said, so there were... Um, you said, I just, I was laughing at myself because I thought of how stupid it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was something that I wanted to share that I was feeling when I wasn't able to share what I wanted to say when I had raised my hand. And I wanted to share that because I normally wouldn't share that. So, um, yeah. But um, through the whole conversation that we've been having with everyone, um, I've just... Um, I find a lot of joy in these spaces and in the spaces that I'm in, in some of the groups during the week, but I find myself feeling, um, sensing myself being really alone, um, because of my age, I feel like there's little to none, there's little to, to know people in this in my um generation who are like authentically interested in this kind of work if it's not for gremlin purposes to post about it or say they're spiritual and i i um with the with the male and female conversation i i feel like there's I feel really sad for young people because the only mentor that young people have is the media. It's the the media is their mentor. They don't have any real like adults in their life. Um, and I feel the same way. Um, but luckily somehow I've been guided to some things um but i feel really bad for well i feel really sad that in 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 this younger demographic the media is either either you're in that kind of feminist culture and you're woke or you're there's this fake there's this fake spirituality towards men where it's like okay let's let them feel and call them kings and praise them and this and that and both of them just feel so fake and I forgot who mentioned it, but someone was saying that it's like fighting the unconscious with unconscious. And yeah, I just feel scared that in this work, I see a, a lot of, I see so little of like really young people being guided towards this or having this information. And I feel like that's, the most important thing, at least to me, because as this goes, as older people get older, and if there's not that change, then it's not, then a lot things aren't going to change, I feel. And I just get scared that they'll just continue being mentored by the media and not having any of this, any of this information available to them. Like I have a friend that's my age and 
I was trying to do an exercise with her about telling her partner, oh, I feel this way because, and I don't, I don't, I, she just found that as like an astronomical joke. I don't even think that she could comprehend what, what that is like about saying that I feel this way because, and saying what I want. It's just, there's, I feel like in young demographic, there's only a prosecutor and a victim. There's nothing else for them. Um, and that makes me sad because I, I want to know if there's some, some way that like it can finally just hit them or get into young people. Um, Amanda, I'm, I'm speaking now rather than waiting till you automatically stop. Um, and please forgive me. I'm doing it just for a time reason, and because there are there's a lot of possible possibilities for you. And if you keep speaking, then the time will go by, and then you won't get any. So, one possibility is there's you the thing that you came here to find that you're hoping to find right now. You're hoping to find ways for young people in your demographic to step into their initiatory processes into adulthood and discover that the world is more transformationally magic and alive than the media is telling them. So the thing you came here to find is the thing you came here to build. Will you build it? <laughs> I don't need an answer, but your life does. And what's ahead of what's possible is we we've been there are six or eight forms of teams that can be built that are spaces either in physical spaces or online spaces where such stuff happens and uh, um, uh, which like did I just call context context there's a website called context. That my strikingly.com that I believe lists the six or seven. I've been putting it up as often as I can. There's a website I'm working on called Team, but it doesn't have them on there yet. But you could, there's a website called Possibility Team. There's a website called Rage Club. There's a website called Study Group. There's a website called, well, there's Sparks. You can make a Spark Study Group. There's a website called uh, New Refugees. There's a website called whole permaculture there's, and these are all possible groups there's a that you could that you can but that you can use as a format for this stuff exactly that you described can happen the only thing that's missing is you taking a stand that it happens you're taking a stand that I am here so that this happens that's what I'm here for it isn't that I you know, the feeling, it was for me too. I came here looking for next culture and it wasn't here. So I took a stand to build next culture and then I realized what we have old culture thoughtware and we need new, new culture thoughtware, next culture thoughtware. So I took a stand to invent next culture thoughtware. This is what it takes is for you to take a stand to build place, the possibility, the catalyst, the transformational mechanism, the platforms, to bring the, the people together, to weave them together in these transformational spaces, you take a stand that that happens. And that's what you're here for, because that's what you want to find, and it's not here yet. 
and there are plenty. Like if you connect with Vera, she has teams. There's and Chloe has teams. There's people having teams online, uh, and, and a lot of them have your generation people in there who are already doing this stuff. So you can find them. So do you need to say anything right now or ask anything? I'm so glad you spoke. Um. Try to let it in, Amanda. I know they're all old people, but try to let it in. <laughs> How old are you? 21. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, I guess I feel, I feel scared like a lot. I've just been told about like this story about like age, like just that I'm too young. Like you, that, like when I speak, no one, I don't have value because I don't have experience. And what is it? What could a 21 year old be doing trying to, to, to make a, uh, uh, to teach people or do something like that. Like what, who, like, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I, I allow the fear to stop me from doing it. There is a future waiting for you that's different from what you've experienced in the past. You just got an invitation to start as a possibility team from Ethna. Was that you, Ethna, who said that? Ethna's ready to be on a possibility team with you. Probably Vera. Fauna's there too. Vera is, I don't know where she is right now, but there, she's, I mean, not Vera. Yula. Yula's <laughs> off somewhere. She's 21. There's, there's a whole team of people ready who are coming alive. If, you know, who's going to take this stand? Who will, will you take this stand? Amanda. I want to say yes, but what do you say? Yes, but I am definitely no. Yes, but is very different from yes. Try, try it. We'll give you another chance. Amanda, you take this stand for creating what you came here to, what you came here looking for. Do you take a stand for that? Just a word. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. <sighs> yes. <laughs> you can do it. Yay. God. I'm going to miss you guys till next week. So. Thank you. Uh, be sure to pick up all these notes people are throwing into the chat space because you've got about 10 invitations here for connection and possibility. I'll put the chat in. What? Um, I'll put the chat in. What's up? All right. So if everyone you want know how to save the chat.
just open the chat and go to the three bullet symbol and you can save the chat file. Thank you, Mark. And also, and Chloe just said that she will copy paste the chat into the WhatsApp group. If anybody's not yet in the WhatsApp group, just send a message. How click, do they click on the link at the top of the chat? Then click on the link at the top of the chat and you can join. And that's the WhatsApp group. Yeah. All right. I didn't hear from half as many of people as I wanted to hear from. Ah. Yeah, thank everybody. Thank you guys. This was cool. This was great. Razor blade. It was hammer. Icicle. Keep doing it. Keep doing this in your life. We'll see you. See you next week and hear the hear the stories. <laughs> All right. Bye, you guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. To save the chat, I press these three buttons and I press save chat and then it saves everything. Yes. Okay. okay. And I don't know where it's saved, but I'm going to look for it. And in the WhatsApp group, if you want to be in the WhatsApp group. She's in it. Oh, you're in it. Amanda, yeah. you're in the WhatsApp group. Okay. So, it, so, so it'll be there. And Chloe will put it in there. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you.